0: Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by human synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name is Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined on the show by fellow consultant Ann Crothers. Hey, Anne, Hey, Dom. How are you going? Good. Better than you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are we going for another dad oh, joke? We're, we're
0: doing all the dad jokes. So we've been going around the circumflex. We're looking at different styles, right? Particularly from an LSI point of view. So, you know, someone who's just had a debrief, got their results, looking at their LSI report, there's a bit of a spike in competitive and they're wondering, what's that all about? What can I do about it? Stuff like that. So I'd love to, to pick your brain in and really just talk about kind of understanding what what is it all about? Uh, How does it show up? What might be the impact on, you know, people? And then thinking of, you know, if that's in my profile, what could I be doing about it? What are some things I could possibly do? How does that sound? Yeah,
1: sounds good. So Um, what is it all about? Yeah. And, you know, we we need to answer that question somewhat in two parts, I suppose, because, you know, we've got two elements of the LSI, don't we? The LSI 1 and LSI 2. And so... These things can appear in in both or perhaps just in one and not the other. And so, you know, it all sort of depends on on where it's falling out. But you know, in terms of a definition, how do we define that style? It is an interesting one. It's one that, you know, is easily to easy to misinterpret what we're on about. Mm. But what we are on about here in this context, the competitive style within the in the LSI, it's really about a constant comparison to others and it's almost a a wanting to get a sense of how I am going, you know, validation almost uh, externally by comparing oneself to others. More often than not in the workplace, it's a comparison with those who sit within the same team that I do and kind of wanting to be seen in a positive light as a result of that comparison, you know. So that's broadly how we define it. So where people sometimes get a bit confused with this one is if they apply a a kind of a broader definition of the notion of being competitive, you know, and particularly if we're thinking about it in a work context, you know, of course, it's important as a business to be competitive in the marketplace. That's not really what this is about. So this is kind of at an individual level and it's an individual's attempts to almost gauge their self-worth through comparing themselves to others and wanting as a result of that to kind of uh, be seen in a positive light. So it's a favorable comparison. So constantly sort of checking how you're doing, how you're going by by benchmarking yourself against others. That's the definition we're playing with.
0: Yeah. And and it's interesting that comparison, like, because people talk about, it's about winning, you know, kind of, I think it's more about looking good. Yeah. You know, I need to look good. Now, some of that might be if I could take you down a peg, right, that still makes me look relatively good as that comparison yeah. thing, yeah. right? So, you know, we want to win. Of course we do. You know, people high on achievement do really well in comparative situations. They win, right? But it's a focus on my own standards of performance, my own excellence versus a relative measure. Right, yeah. how do I beat in? Yeah. Right? It's how do I achieve my personal best, not how do I beat in. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's kind of the difference. Yeah,
1: and of course if we're familiar with the structure of the circumplex, you know, we know that competitive as a style sits way over on the task side of the circumplex. So that's important, right? Uh, you know, where does it sit task versus people? Where does it sit sort of top versus bottom? You know, that's always I- important. So with competitive we're Way over here on the task side of the circumplex. And as is often the case, you know, when we're looking at formations of of people's circumplex data, when we get people thinking about, you know, the potential implications of that, there could well be costs associated with it on the other side of the circumplex, which is the people side. And so I guess what I what I'm getting at is you know, and, and it's oftentimes unknowingly, you know, like it's not sort of deliberate, right? But if, if people are being competitive in, in the sense that we've just described it, this constant sort of comparison to others, that's the kind of competitive that can really grate on relationships, you know, and, and so it can be, in it's extreme, you know, it can be fairly destructive for teamwork, for collab you know, collaboration, cooperation, all of the stuff that sits on the other side of the circumplex can be impacted in a, you know, not helpful way by this competitive spike that, that might be there, you know?
0: You know, it's a style I'm fairly familiar with In you know, particularly from the first time I measured LSI. And, you know, over time it, it's a lesson, but it's still there a little, if I'm honest, but not nearly as much. And I think, you know, looking back, it's a lot of like, I have to win the argument. You know, look, I'm going to win the argument, even if I'm kind of wrong. Yeah. I'm going to stuck in technicalities. Well, technically, <laughs> you know, whatever, because it's just about winning it. Because as you said, it's actually putting my self worth on being a winner or a loser. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of an external validation. So if my idea wasn't actually the best idea, right, I'm going to argue to the hilt to win it anyway. Yeah. Right. Because there's something you don't want to. To admit that it wasn't, I don't know, there's, it just takes you down a notch yeah. in your own estimate and, and the estimate of others. So, you're actually very concerned about what others think as well. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So, it's interesting. That's it.
1: You know, remember, it's a security-focused style, right? right. So, And, um, you know, this is, a, this is a good point too, you know. The, the circumplex is a circular framework and competitive sits at the nine o'clock position. But when it, when it's extended and so by extended we mean well out you know past that 50th percentile, then it's a de, it's, it's a defensive style and so it's talking to security needs, you know the bottom end of the circumplex. And so like all of the defensive styles, these are things that we do to help us feel safe mm. and help us feel secure mm. And so if we see it in an LSI one, remembering LSI one is uh, what I'm asking of myself, you know, what I'm telling myself to do, then this becomes a strategy that I'm feeling as though, you know, it's important that I'm utilizing, but it's all geared towards me feeling safe and secure, right? So, if I am seen in a positive light, seen and noticed in a positive light, if I show up favorably in comparison to others, then that will make me uh, feel secure. You know, that will be helpful for me to feel safe and secure in the knowledge that, you know, I'm almost better than or am uh, appearing, uh, you know, at at a a higher level perhaps, you know, when I do this comparison to others. Uh,
0: And I see it like, it's funny, um, you know, now that I'm very aware of it, you see it in other people too, all the time, like friends, you know, playing like a game, a game called Kub, I don't know if you've heard of this, but you throw blocks, you kind of try and knock them over and stuff. And you could see people getting I like, really worked up about it. It's like, who cares? <laughs> like it's, it has no bearing on anything. It doesn't matter. Right? And I think part of it is, competitive people see that as a bit of the fun. You know, yeah. part of the fun is actually the competition. You know, and there's something to that. I get that. But we can take it past the point of it kind of being a bit of fun to like, actually, yeah. you're getting kind of worked up over something that doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, if you think about it from, from an LSI 1 perspective, if we're high in competitive, then, you know, what, what is it that I'm asking myself yeah. to do? Mm. And so, I'm, I, I'm almost telling myself, you know, make sure you're seen in a positive light. Mm. You know, make sure... You're proving yourself to, to you me, it's, and and so and to me more, harsh. more than just positive
0: light. It's make sure you look better than others. Yeah, you know, make sure you stand yeah. out compared to others. That's
1: right. That's you know, and, and so if that's you know elements of my self-talk, if that's what I'm requiring of myself, telling myself I need to do that stuff, you know, I don't know that that sort of feels quite harsh, doesn't it? You know, it it can be quite. Stress-inducing, I think, and and it can be quite anxiety-producing. You know, for it's a, it can be a lot of extra pressure and stress that people put on themselves. You know, like perhaps
0: unnecessarily. The counter to this end, because a lot of people will defend this one, ironically, to the hilt, right? Saying, you know, well, it helps me perform at a higher level. Right, that's what drives me to actually high performance. Right, is this. I'm a competitor, because it's often used in popular culture, yeah. right, in a lot of sports context, partly because I think we don't have language around achievement, right? That's not a thing. <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> yeah. more of a humanistic, yeah. uh, sorry, a human synergistics thing, but it's not like a common term yeah. uh, as a style, as a thinking style in public. But people talk about being a fierce competitor, and so people contribute a lot of positive attributes to
1: it. So, Yeah, I think it comes back to... The motivation of it, you know, and some sort of a fun. Some fundamental questions are, you know, with whom am I competing, and what is the purpose of that, you know, to what to what end, you know, and and so competitive in the in the circumplex, as we said, it's it's a bottom end style, so it's a security focused style, right, and so if we're really extended, it's not about that. I'mness. I'm enjoying the competition. You know, it, right. it, it's not, it's sort of moved beyond that, I think. Uh-huh. And it's more now when we're extended, it is more about, I need this for for my survival. You know, I need to be, you know, sh- showing up favorably when I'm doing these comparisons, uh-huh. because that's how I'm going to feel as though I'm valued and, and I'm going to feel safe and secure uh, on that comparison. So, so for me, that's not about enjoying the competition for the sake of the competition you know yeah. which I, I think sometimes that's the bit that gets misinterpreted perhaps you know from the you know the competition that we see within you know prominent sports people or whatever you know we uh, it's it's not really that it, it, it's about competing or comparing myself to others because i'll feel anxious if i don't come out favorably when i do that comparison mm.
0: And thinking of the impact, Dan, so, you know, and you talked about the impact on the other side, which is the people side sometimes, and the impact on ourselves, which can be a lot of stress and pressure people put on themselves, which actually doesn't lead us to perform at our best either. that's That's, right. That's the irony. Yeah. You know, I I often use actually as an example. I'm not a huge tennis guy, but it's just a good example, so I use it. And not that I've done an LSI on them or anything like that, so I'm kind (laughs) of, you know, just speaking out of what I see in the public and all that. But I think of two prominent Australian tennis players, right? I think of Ash Barty and Nick Kerrios. And I reckon Nick is over. You know, here's the thing. Nick, top 50 tennis player, great. You know, he's successful by any count, right? He's a very successful tennis player. But I reckon it comes at a bit of a cost because I reckon he's over in that competitive space, right? And so you see a bit of a com- uh, cost to himself, Right, and he, and what happens when he starts losing? He can tend to fall fall apart a little. You know, and he's come out and said that he doesn't even enjoy tennis. You yeah, know, he doesn't actually like it at all. Right, he's just good at it. You know, and that's the cost to me because you stop enjoying the things you do. Yeah. Yeah. Ash Barty, if you hear her talk, she talks all in achievement terms. Right, everything she says, or ninety percent of things that come out of her mouth, are achievement yeah. mindset stuff. Yeah, so I just yeah. love it as an example. I'm like yeah. watching it next time they're playing.
1: Playing Wimbledon at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, she she's uh, I, I, you know, I always uh, stop and listen if I see her speaking on the TV. Actually, because yeah. c- um, you know, she's absolutely a- a- achievement focused, and I, and just little things. Although maybe it's not a little thing, but she always talks about we. You know, so she's talking about you know her next her match or whatever. Uh-huh. But it's also you know we we're doing this and we've done this and we whatever. And I think like you're you're a solo tennis player, (laughs) you know, but she's clearly kind of, you know, that's her train of thought. She knows she has a team around her and it's very much the team's focus. And so we're all on this journey together, you know. I just sort of find that really interesting. It's it's a good example. I, I wouldn't, you know, in terms of the definitions we're playing with, you know, there she is, you know, highly competitive, professional, elite athlete. I don't think she's competitive, you know, in terms of the definitions. It's not what's driving her. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not uh not the definitions where it's we're personal excellence,
0: with. mastery. Yeah. And so so I always think about that because, you know, hey, Nick's a very successful tennis player. No one could argue with that for sure, right? But I reckon it comes with a cost, you know, and, and that's the kind of way to think about it. and I reckon he could be even better, right? If he could actually move into that achievement zone more. You know, so that's kind of the way I think about it. Cause if you look at some of the items under here and think of the cost. Right, there's thinks only of self, egotistical, always has to be right, constantly comparing self to others, boastful, expects to be admired by others. You know, think of the how that impacts other people around you. Yeah, Yeah, you know, that's pretty tiresome. Yeah.
1: That's it. You know, look, uh, it so- sounds a little bit like we're beating up on competitive, doesn't it? Do- uh, does it? Uh, it's not really the what I'm meaning, but you know, like all of the eight defensive styles, there are some certain. Uh, you know, benefits to be had, you know, they they can be helpful. But we are talking here about where it's kind of quite prominent in the profile. Where You know, the further it gets out past that 50th percentile, the probability increases that there's some cost there, right? So it sort of ceases to be helpful, ceases to be, you know, assisting you in, in being effective and it starts to kind of almost turn on you, right? And so when we think about costs with competitive, Then for me, there's two bits to it. So, firstly, what is the cost to self? Because I do think that it becomes to gets to a point where that's a lot of self-induced pressure and Mm. stress. You know, and it's sort of past the point of where it's giving you a return. You know, you're not getting a whole lot out of that other than making yourself a bit sort of miserable, perhaps. Mm. Yeah, anxious. But then, of course, you know, as as you've just alluded to, Dom, you know, cost in terms of relationships. You know, and so. If we think about it almost with the, you know, the LSI two lens on it, if other people are perceiving whatever it is that you're doing and the way in which you're doing it as coming from a competitive space, there is likely to be impacts there on relationships, you know, and so that's a potential cost too, isn't it? You know, it's the, it's the kind of competitive, if you like, that that can absolutely destroy teamwork. You know, people's willingness to to want to collaborate, cooperate, network with you, you know, share with you, can start to be impacted. It's just not that it sort of grates against kind of relationship.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, it's a fair point. It does sound like we're beating up a little. I think it's because it's one I'm so familiar with, right? So, so I recognise it in myself. So, I guess I'm a bit harsher on it. But it goes back to you know what we always say: is people do what they do for a reason, right? So, people have learned throughout their lifetime. That you know, thinking or behaving in competitive ways works for them at some level. or well, they wouldn't do it, right? It must yeah. work at some level, of course, right? What we're interested in is: does it ever also come with a cost, right? Could there be another way of going about things where we get some of the, those upsides without some of the costs? And so, I'd be interested on that, you know. And what are your thoughts on, you know, if someone has competitive in their profile, what are some things they could do to maybe work on it?
1: Yeah. Look, I think because it sits so heavily on the task side, you know, it's right at that nine o'clock position pointing exactly to task. And so therefore, you know, there is potential impact there around relationships or, or that it could impact on the people side of the circumplex. You know, I think we need to look for some opportunities there and to make it, you know, less of an individual kind of perspective but how do we invite others in and how do we work kind of differently with others is worthy of consideration, you know? So, so it's, it's not, you know, purely about me, but how do I change the focus there to, to include others, involve others, look look for opportunities to work with others differently and be open to that. and, And to demonstrate that we're open to that, I think is, is helpful.
0: Yeah. I often think of it in terms of the Reds in general, but maybe particularly competitive, just because it's one I was familiar with, is kind of a short-term view. It's like a tactical view. Right, I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to beat you in this race or whatever, right? And I think sometimes it's broadening the view to what are the longer-term strategic wins, right? What are the strategic wins? Because sometimes I think the strategic win is if I can develop my team to be able to you know go forth and execute You know, make decisions and go for it. That's a big win, right? But in the short term, I'm like, but I want to get this one perfect. So you know, I want to get this one right. So therefore, I'm going to kind of overrule you on it or something, right? And I think sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot going for the tactical and forgetting about the strategic. Yeah. You know, what's the long the long term win is? I've got a great relationship with people because then we can get stuff done. Yeah. Right. That's a strategic win, right? The tactical win is I'm going to. Beat in on this particular point, you know, to get this one across the line. But does it really make a big difference in the strategic or not? Yeah. You know, yeah, that, That's kind good. of always my question, right? Yeah. Broaden the view.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. If we go back to the LSI one, huh. you know, and, and if we're seeing competitive in an LSI one, then remembering that that's indicative of, of our, our self talk, I think, you know, it, it's uh, a, a good first step is to just start to kind of catch ourselves. When we're going there, you know, yeah. we, we we say that LSI is an awareness-raising tool, right? And so, there's great awareness if we can have an awareness of what we ask of ourselves, and if it is of that kind of competitive, you know, make sure you prove yourself kind oh. of stuff. Oh. Uh, if we can intersect that in some way, and uh, you know, start to reframe it, you know, maybe more from an achievement perspective, you know, uh, as opposed to the the kind of you know win at all cost kind of stuff, and make proving yourself. You know that's a useful first step too, and a lot of this stuff is is habit. You know that that we have kind of you know built up over a you know period of time, long period of time in a lot of cases, and so it's about changing some some ways of thinking, trying to build some new habits. But that can start with just monitoring your self talk a little bit and trying to reframe it when it feels like you know that that's coming from a competitive space. A good question I think to get into the habit of asking is you know, when you're thinking in a certain way or pondering a certain course of action, you know, what is the motivation for me to do that? You know, yeah, it's, oh. it's sort of applying the real sort of acid test, isn't it? You know, and if the motivation is, you know, I am simply wanting to do that to kind of feel safe and secure, you know, it's coming from the bottom end of the circumplex. And so if we can catch that and understand a little bit more around what's the motivation, we we might be able to get to the same end point. But with less sort of self-induced pressure.
0: I love that. And I think, to your point, it's about competitive, swing it up to achievement, right? And maybe across to like humanistic encouraging or, yeah. or affiliative, right? That people side over there as well. But swing it up to achievement, you know? So excellence, personal excellence and mastery versus relative. Yeah. You know, relative or my own self-set standards that I'm pursuing, yeah. the goal that I want to achieve versus you know, a relative one like beating so and so. Yeah. You know, so it's, I talked about how it's it still comes up for me today. And like, uh, I'm a keen runner, right? I'll, I love running and I've got a, a running goal, a distance goal for the year, which I love because it just kind of keeps me honest, keeps me regularly running. My friends back home in New Zealand, they, they're some keen runners too. And they're all on like this app that tracks their runs. <laughs> Strava. And they can or see something. Strava. Yeah. <laughs> and they can all see each other's runs and stuff. I use a different one. And every time I go there, they're like, oh, get on Strava, get on Strava. And I just know that it's a bad idea because <laughs> yeah. I know that it will start triggering those thoughts of, oh, you know, like whatever. Always, I just enjoy going for a run. Yeah. Now, you know, same with like, I enjoy running by myself, to be honest. Like lots of people want to go for a run together. I don't really want Maybe yeah. Maybe they could be affiliative. I don't know. For but for me, I just yeah. like running on my own. It's my own time to yeah. do stuff.
1: You know, uh, my, my wife's a keen runner. Uh, I'm not. But, you know, so, yeah, you know, I, I sort of get the whole Strava thing. You know, she's always- Thinking around with with that, but I think those those things are great. But what's the purpose of it? Exactly. You know? like, like what's the motivation? And so, if it's about to, if it's about tracking my own kind of performance and my own uh, improvements, you know, sort of PB kind of stuff, uh, that's awesome. You know, and that sort of sits in the achievement piece. But it, I think, it can become, you know checking against, other, you know, how have others done and, you know, almost getting disappointed if my times are slower than Bob's times or what, you know, and that's where I, sometimes it's not that helpful, you know, and I think that's a good, it's a good analogy actually, I might steal that one in future workshops, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good one for, you know, the difference between competitive and achievement, I think, you know, who are we competing with and why would we be competing in the first place, you know, they're just good questions to ask.
0: And it's not to say we're settling for mediocrity. You know, th- this is the thing. I still record my times. I'm still going for the longest distance I've ever run in a year. You know, that's my goal for this year. So I'm still pushing yeah. the boundaries, my boundaries, right? But it's my own self-set standard. Yeah. You know, this is what I'm aiming for. I want to run this distance and maybe I want to set a PB time on a certain, you know, shorter distance, 5K loop or whatever. Yeah. You know, those are two goals for me. It doesn't really matter what other people run it in. What's the best I can do? Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to actually maximize my potential, yeah. you know, my effectiveness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's it. And that, that's kind of the difference, isn't it? I think between achievement and, and competitive. That's it.
0: All right. And any other tips for our
1: uh, listeners out <laughs> there? Or? No, I think that's it. Look, look, you know, it, it, we always start with the LSI one, don't we? So, you know, if, if it's, if you've got competitive in the LSI one, you know, it, it's a good opportunity to maybe just reflect on that and, and, to what degree are we being kind to ourselves, supportive of ourselves versus kind of cracking the whip, not necessarily being kind to ourselves. And, you know, uh, we, we this is all about opportunities for enhanced effectiveness, you know, and so there can be some real me- insights, I think, in that LSI one. And if we've got a spike in the competitive piece, just, just trying to have some awareness around that. and constantly uh, getting a sense of to what degree is that working for me, helping me, versus actually is it is it holding me back in terms of me me being the best that I can be for the long haul, be as effective as I can be. That's it. Thanks for your time today, Ian. No problem, though.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.